which rookies can have an impact and make a difference on the playoff team? My guy Sam Ferris is here to break down three rookies that he believes could have an impact on a team that will be playing in the postseason. Stay tuned. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. My name is Rafael Barlow. I am the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. And my co-host, the man behind Draft Dummies, Sam Ferris. And, and, and don't let the name fool you. Sam <laughs> Ferris is one of the smartest basketball minds out when it comes to this, this whole scouting world. Sam, it's it's been a while since we've been on. How's everything been going? Been going really good. Finally, the NBA is underway. So been watching all the games on opening night. And now college basketball is just a few weeks away as well. So just about gearing up for a full go. And I'm I'm ready for it. 18 days. 18 days until college basketball starts. I have the countdown going. I'm looking forward to it. But let's talk about the NBA. Two nights of NBA basketball already underway. And the 2020 class has played well so far. I mean, in the first game, Jalen Duran looked good. Ben Carroll shined. Um, Jabari had a tough shooting night, but he showed his flashes. Now, we're going to talk about guys, and, and and I don't think any of those guys are going to be on a playoff team, unless you think that the Pistons are a playoff team. But who is the the first rookie that you believe will have a big impact on a playoff team? All right, so I'll start with my hottish take first, and I'll go with Keegan Murray on the Sacramento mm. Kings. Play in, now, or, or, or do yeah, you think they are? Exactly, yeah. that's the question. We're saying postseason, so is it play in? Does play in count? It counts. Yeah, it, I yeah, count. yeah. For this, um, for the purposes of this podcast, I did include them, and I do think you know once you get into the play in, which I do think they will this year, then obviously you've got a puncher's chance to make it into the field of eight. So I'm counting it for. For that, I think uh, we saw the Lakers play yesterday. I think the Kings are better than the Lakers. Um, so when I look at this, there's kind of three things I look at. Number one, do I think the player is talented? Number two, do I think there's a path to minutes? And then number three, do I think the team's good enough to make the playoffs? With Keegan Murray, I definitely think he's talented and he's ready to contribute right away. So I'm not that worried about that. And I think he's going to start some games, but if not, he's their sixth or seventh man. He's going to get plenty of of time both right off the bat and as the season develops he did miss opening night I think using health and safety protocols but excited to see his debut coming up so certainly a guy that's going to contribute and I think the Kings are at least going to be in the in the play in mix with the chance to make the playoffs so if we're counting the play in to me he's a clear guy that I would select for this all right I don't have the best memory in the world but if my memory is correct you weren't a big Keegan Murray yeah. guy. <laughs> so yeah. I'm actually kind of shocked to see you uh, lead off the show with that. And for <laughs> yeah. the audience that are that are new listeners and, and they're shocked by this, can you give a little detail of why you weren't really high? I, I don't want to say you weren't high on him. I'll just say you weren't as high as the consensus on him going into the draft. And then despite having a good summer league, you didn't budge. So can you give the audience a, just a little bit of background on your concerns about Keegan Murray? 
Yeah, you're, you're right. Your memory serves there. I, I wasn't low on him, but I didn't get as high as consensus. The funny thing is, though, if we go all the way back to like two years ago now, after his freshman season when nobody was talking about him, I listed him as one of my five top returning players to college basketball. And he did that. Um, he was that good. He was even better than I expected that second year at Iowa. But people got really high and even the Kings ended up taking him fourth overall. So I've kind of never really wavered that much on my analysis of him. And that is that I think he can be a really good third to fitter on a decent team. I don't necessarily see the star potential. Uh, I think he's a really good player within the flow of an offense, but he's not going to be a guy that's a primary creator offensively. And defensively, I think he can be a part of a good structure. But again, I don't think he's a shutdown guy. So um, I think the standout skill for him thus far, though, has been the shooting, which I thought was good. But through preseason and summer league has been even better than I expected. And uh, the other day I was looking at the numbers through summer league and preseason. He was shooting 45% on a pretty heavy volume of threes. So if that keeps up, then I think he probably will end up uh, exceeding my expectation. I had him 11th coming into the draft, so still late lottery guy. And then after Summer League, where he played really well, I moved him up one or two spots. I don't overreact to Summer League in preseason. This is something that I project, obviously, for their whole career. I'm not swayed by one or two games, especially Summer League. But nevertheless, he's been very impressive. And if that shooting keeps up especially, then he probably will exceed my expectations. All right, let's talk about the self-creation part, right? So yeah. at least for me, when I watch his film, because he's not flashy, you don't think he has like an advanced handle, not the most creative guy. It's easy to kind of put him in a box and say that he's not like your typical isolation score. But on paper, the numbers were good. He ranked in the top 80 percentile in isolation scoring in college basketball. Now, only 9% of his possessions were in isolation, but that's not a really small number. So you're not really buying into him being an isolation scorer. Is it because you don't see like the ball handling or the creativity? Or is it another reason behind that? Um, it's both. I don't, I think his first step is like pretty average. And I think his ball handling is also like pretty average. The other thing we should mention that I don't think I've said yet is he is older for a rookie um, played a second year, but is also old for his grade. So I think he's going to turn 22 pretty soon, if I'm not mistaken. So add that into kind of his development curve and trajectory. He is older than these other guys. So maybe he does exceed expectations kind of maybe in the vein, in the vein of like a Franz Wagner where, yeah, maybe he's not a primary, but he's so efficient within the flow of an offense as a second or a third guy to me, that would kind of be the high-end outcome for him. All right, off topic a little bit. What are your thoughts on his brother as an NBA prospect? Do you think he can be a first-round pick in the 23 NBA draft? Yeah, I definitely think he can, and I think he's going to see an uptick in usage um, similar to what his brother saw from uh, his freshman to sophomore season. I think he'll see that. He'll see more offense run through him. I think it's going to come, and obviously he's got the physical tools. It goes without saying, uh, compared to his brother, very similar at like six foot eight. So measurement wise, athletically, 
He's kind of that wing profile that you look for. He is going to be older. I think it's going to come down to how well he shoots this year, especially from the outside and just kind of his overall game this year. I don't expect the leap that Keegan took, but with that uptick in usage, and we've seen with these Iowa teams, they can really help to inflate guys' stats like we've seen with Garza and Murray. And I think Chris Murray might see some of that benefit next year. And if so, um, then I think he can certainly be kind of probably a late first-round pick. Yeah, when I watch his film, I see someone that is like, okay, you think he's a good shooter. Then you look at the numbers and you're like, okay, the numbers actually look better on paper than what I see, but it's because he's such a streaky shooter. Like he can, you know, have a game where he's five for six or something like that. And then he can go on a, you know, a a major slump. But at the end of the day, the numbers kind of evened out. And if I'm not mistaken, he's like like 38% or something like that from three. So he was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. When we return, we'll talk about the second player that you think could have an impact on the playoff team from the 2022 NBA draft class. I mean, I'm already like ahead of myself. I wanted to say 23, but I want to talk to the audience about Bet Online, and that is because Bet Online is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on your favorite games, events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It is where the game starts. All right. You are listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. I am your host, Rafael Barlow, with my co-host, Sam Ferris from the Draft Dummies. But once again, he is far, far from a dummy. All right. You mentioned Keegan Murray, which kind of threw me off guard because we had him ranked 11th on, uh-huh. on, your, on your big board while most people had him. I, I think the lowest I saw him on the consensus was five, but that's one of the reasons why I enjoy chatting with you because you don't care about the consensus. You don't care what everyone else is is saying or, or, or doing and and you stick to your guns. But if you, yeah. if you feel like you were wrong, you're coming to admit that you were wrong, but that that's a little different. I feel like you uh, aren't one of these guys that pay attention, that pays attention to everyone else's, big board and then you kind of formulate your own and make a small tweak here and there and, and your opinion is 100% your own so I respect that so again I'm still shocked that you had Keegan Murray to lead off the show <laughs> I would have thought he was like your honorable mention or something like that all right who is the second player from the 2022 draft class that you believe can have an impact on the playoff team yeah so my first pick was Keegan Murray who's a lottery pick and my second pick is from the second round of the draft this is a pretty deep cut, but I'm going with Christian Coloco on the Toronto Raptors. Now, the main takeaway from doing this exercise is that there are so many good, the NBA, the talent in the NBA is just so deep right now. And there's so many good teams that it's really hard to find rookies that have like a legitimate shot at rotation minutes. But Christian Coloco played a lot of minutes in the preseason And then game one uh, for the Raptors, he played 15 rotation minutes. It looks like he's ahead of um, guys like Thaddeus Young in the rotation and Hernan Gomez as well. So 
And I remember I watched an interview uh, during the preseason where Nick Nurse stated that to the reporters, he said, I wouldn't be so sure that Christian Coloco doesn't play uh, in the rotation this year. In game one, that was the case. And I think Toronto's definitely going to make the playoffs this year. He's just a very Toronto player. And so that's kind of my under the radar pick here is Christian Coloco. That's funny. You say he's a Toronto player and some people were accusing Masai of selecting him because of the ties to Africa. And they were like, this is the most Toronto ish pick. I'm actually shocked to hear this. Um, uh, Cause you, you definitely went deep into the second round on this one. I like him a lot. I, um, I thought that he had a chance to be a first round pick. I was buying in and I still do buy into the shooting touch, the shooting that he displayed at the combine uh, earlier this summer. Um, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I think he was like 17 of 25. I, I just remember posting the screenshot from the scoreboard when I was there and everybody was just like, are you sure that's not an error? And I ended up talking to him at the combine was asking him about the shooting and he mentioned that that's what he did his whole pre-draft was work on a shot work on a shot so if he ends up being like this stretch five that is also a rim protector then toronto has great value there my concern is is he going to be ahead of kim birch and boucher throughout the entire season and and those guys didn't play the first game but 15 minutes if you would have told me that he would only play two less minutes than precious or two i would have like told you that that you were crazy yeah now, now are you buying into the shooting do you think he could be like this pick and pop rim protector yeah yeah to your point he was there basically their seventh man tonight so i was even a little surprised by that uh the shooting i did write down that that's like in my notes that's part of his game he hasn't shot it like in preseason or in the game tonight but i think what i've read and what i've seen on the tape that they really like is his defense where he, he has the rim protection. He was blocking a ton of shots in the preseason. I wrote it down. He blocked nine shots in just 68 minutes. So really good activity, but he moves his feet also on the perimeter better than I kind of anticipated him doing. I saw a cut up someone posted on Twitter of him moving his feet, him closing out on the perimeter. And that's the stuff that Toronto loves. Nick nurse loves interchangeable parts defensively now he's not the wing type that scotty barnes og and those other guys are but that switchability at that size with the rim protection he's kind of similar ish to boucher in that regard but i think he's got a little bit more talent long term so yeah to your point though like uh boucher and and birch and Otto porter didn't play but I think he will get minutes throughout the course of the season. It just comes down to playoff time. Is he in the rotation or do they kind of trust some of the older vets a little bit more? Yeah, this year is going to be really interesting for rookies because I imagine with all the talk of tanking going on, I think that a lot of the playoff teams are going to be even stronger because they're going to be able to get buyout candidates or they're going to make some trades and you're going to see, you know, just some, some, guys that can really come in and help. So that's why I'm kind of curious to see how some of these rookies, um, especially on, on a team like Toronto and other teams that are contending for the playoffs, especially if you're like a, a second round pick, how does that impact the, the rotation as, as far as them? Now, where do you have Toronto? I don't, I don't know if this, if you've, if you're like really into like projecting where teams rank but where do you have toronto in your in your teams in the east do you have them as a 
a six, seven, or, or do you think they could be even better than that? Uh, I have them in the six, seven range. So definitely, I think Boston's the best team in the East still. I would have the Bucks ahead of them. I, I'd probably have Philly ahead of them as well. And I, I do like the Cavs. Darius Garland went out early today, but I think they're going to be top five. So I'd probably pick the Raptors to finish sixth right now. I think probably would be where I'd come in. So I know some people, a lot of us NBA nerds are very high on the Raptors. And I understand why the Nick Nurse is such a good coach, kind of the interchangeable parts, the unique style they play. A lot of people love Scotty Barnes. So I get that. I just think the top of the East is really good. And I'm a little bit higher on the Cavs than some people this year as well. So that that kind of leaves them in the six, seven range, but they could be as high as four or five, depending on there's always going to be injuries and certain stuff that happens throughout the course of a season. Yeah, I agree. Now, where did you have Coloco on your, your final big board? Did you have him as a first round pick or do you think he fell right where you had him? Yeah. Yeah. He fell right where I had him, which I think was early second round. I mean, once you get past the top 20 or so, it's kind of depending how you lay your tiers out. Uh, I thought he was a good pick, and I went on the Locked On Raptors podcast pre-draft, and he was one of the guys I believe we discussed. He ended up going there. I liked the fit. I had him right in that range, but I could bump him up a spot or two now, especially the Raptors tend to develop guys well like him, like we've seen with Precious. I could see something similar with Coloco. Yeah, I think that was one of the best fits for him. I thought that he finished college on a, a high note. Um, everyone talks about the the Matherin game against TCU, but Coloco yeah. had like a crazy performance too. And I mm -hmm. thought it was enough to boost him into the first round. I thought the the jump that he made from the season prior was enough to be a first round pick. But I was wrong. But if if you're if I feel like if you're a big and you are a little raw, still need to refine some skills. If there is a perfect place for you, it is Toronto. I mean, you look at their track record. Yeah. Even if he spends significant time with the Raptors 905, then next year he could end up being like their starting center. That's just how, how things have gone in Toronto. I mean, their developmental program has has been excellent. I mean, Fred Van Vliet went from the 905 to like playing a I mean a major role on, on a championship team. All right, we got one more segment. But I want to thank everyone for making the Locked On NBA Big Board first listen of the day. Now, for the second listen, check out Game to Game. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, and it is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, I'm Rafael Barlow, Sam Ferris. We have one last segment. We may be able to squeeze two players in. And I um, definitely was, if I, if I had like the guys that I were going to predict, <laughs> Sam would talk about them 0 for 2. So yeah. let's see who is the third rookie from this 2022 draft class that Sam believes can make an impact on a playoff team. So the third guy that I picked was Dyson Daniels of uh, oh, the okay. Pelicans. Got to hear this one. Yeah, I don't so, think he plays. <laughs> I, Yeah, I didn't play tonight. The thing is, the spot that I've got him picked for, I think by the end of the year, he ends up taking Devontae Graham's minutes. Um, 
But the thing is, I combed through the list of rookies and like all the rookies that I'm confident in play for bad teams I don't think can make the playoffs. And like we've talked about, the playoff teams are so stacked and so deep that there just isn't like I could throw Christian Brown in there, but he's not going to play for Denver either. Like I, I just was having a hard time finding guys that have a legit path to minutes. So that was kind of the main takeaway here is I feel like there's a bigger divide than ever in terms of so few teams like the Rockets, the Thunder, the Jazz looking for the Spurs. They have like they've kind of gathered all the draft picks mm-hmm. and have all these young prospects and, and they're just not really competing. And that's where a lot of the good prospects are. And then the good teams are just better than ever. And so I think that divide is greater than ever. And so I understand your point. Dyson Daniels right now isn't playing. He was another guy that honestly, I was, I had him ranked 13th. So another guy I was a little bit lower on than consensus. There's a chance he doesn't end up playing, but uh, when I'm kind of looking at their depth chart, the guy I was looking at is I do think he will end up taking Devonte Graham's minutes by the end of the season. Yeah, we talked about it on on yesterday's show, and uh, we actually thought that he was the guy. Talking about me, uh, Richard Stamen, and Leaf Tulane thought that he could be a guy that sees some minutes with the Birmingham Squadron, and yeah. uh, they still have Kyra Lewis. <laughs> that yeah, that uh, you know, was a first round pick in 2020, and Kyra's still young. He might only be like 21. I mean, talking about a guy that played his freshman year, like 17 years old. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And Daniels, on on one hand, I can see your point because of his ability to be a connector and a defender that is valuable in the playoffs. But then on the other hand, I could see like they just paid Graham. He he got significant money there. And then – you know, you have uh, Alvarado, who I just has to play. I mean, he yeah. just brings so much value. I mean, I watched a little bit of the game against the Nets, and he was picking up Kyrie full court <laughs> first game of the season. And yeah. uh, so uh, I think he's there. So Daniels, I think if he can, you know, w- when he does get an opportunity to play, which, you know, injuries are inevitable, if he can yeah. show that he can defend and knock down open shots, then I think that would be helpful. But you never know. He could end up spending time in the G League, yeah. and he could end up, like, being I, – I call it the Clint Capella route. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but Capella yeah. spent, like, the entire season in the G League, and then all of a sudden he was the, a rotation guy. He was, like, the Rockets' backup center, and I could, I could also see that route. All right, so you mentioned before that you have possibly an honorable mention. Who is your honorable mention? So my honorable mention is another guy on a team that I think is going to make the play-in game, and that's Shaden Sharp in Portland. I, Portland. I got one right. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I, got I, was a, right. I was a Shaden Sharp guy in the draft. I had him sixth on my board, and I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think he was going to really play uh, early on but he's playing he played I think like 10 minutes in the first half um, and so I was very pleasantly surprised by that he played pretty well in the preseason as well I think averaged like 11 12 points per game obviously he's really young he didn't even play um, basketball in an organized game over the last like year and a half at this point almost so it might take him a while to ramp up but the talent is certainly there I'm glad they're giving him the opportunity. I didn't know if he'd play right away. So that's just very exciting to see. And then I, I think that they're going to end up in the play-in game. 
kind of I've included a Blazers player here and a Kings player. One of my hot takes this year for the NBA is that the Suns are going to actually be a play-in team. They're going to fall all the way to the play-in. And so um, that's one of my NBA hot takes. And so I think there's going to be a spot for that eight seed in the playoffs. Plus there's just always injuries to some team that you don't know about early on, but it just ends up happening. And so I kind of grouped Murray and Sharp together where I think there's a chance one of the two ends up in the playoffs. So he was kind of my fourth guy. All right. So I have a couple for you that I thought that you could possibly mention. And you Mm -hmm. tell me if you think that they have a chance to play rotation minutes. The one is, is Mark Williams. I'm surprised that he's not their starting center. I just thought that he would be the Hornets starting center. Charlotte has quite a few problems going on right now, yeah. but they were a team that were in the playoffs last year. They won 43 games. And I figured with, I mean, this is before the whole Miles Bridges situation. And then the James Bookmark situation is equally as crazy in a sense. But I, I figured that Charlotte, if they had everyone healthy, with the addition of a, a rim runner, a rim protector, and, and just a, another athletic vertical lob threat that they could make make a jump. And Mark Williams didn't play <laughs> in yeah. Charlotte's – or maybe he played. I when I, The game was out of, out of hand, but when I looked at the box score, he hadn't got in yet, and Nick Richards had a good game. So prior to that, did you think Mark Williams was going to be able to make an impact, or did you just not think Charlotte was going to be a playoff team? Yeah, kind of both, to be honest. I, I haven't even considered Charlotte as a playoff team. I, I think part of it is I, I just want them to go tank mode because they're kind of just treading water right now in the middle. But they just have so little long-term talent outside of LaMelo. And then they've just gone through just this terrible offseason with the stuff you mentioned. It's been pretty ugly. And so I forgot yeah, about the coach, too. I forgot. The coach, too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kenny Atkinson ended up He's backing like, out. Nah, never mind. I'm good. <laughs> Looking like a decent decision, but uh, Charlotte looked pretty good today. Um, but yeah, I, I also think he's going to be behind Nick Richards and Plumley. I don't think he's, he played four minutes. I just checked, but I think it was just garbage time. So I don't, I think they could make the play in, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And I'm a little, I was a little bit lower coming into the draft. And just because he's a one position guy, right? He's just a center and he's behind two other centers right now. So it seems like it would take injury to somebody above him for him to get in the rotation right now. All right. What about Jake LaRavia? He played 12 minutes for Memphis. Yeah. I think he and Roddy both played 12 minutes. It's just, they're so deep right now, but a guy I got to mention Santi Aldama is a potential breakout candidate this year. He looked awesome today. I saw him play summer league, both in Vegas and Utah a guy that's going to take a step this season. So that's one of my takes for this year. Um, But Jaron Jackson's going to come back. And I just think when it comes down to cutting down the rotation in the playoffs, there's a chance that those guys both, whichever you prefer between Roddy and LaRavia probably doesn't get that many minutes. Those are both guys I considered, but again, just those teams are so deep. If anything, LaRavia is probably like their ninth or 10th guy. Um, and so he was a guy that I liked. I, I liked the pick there. I think he can fit in. He's going to hit shots. But when I think they cut down their rotation at the end of the year, again, similar to Dyson Daniels, it's probably unlikely he, he plays, but he did play today. So uh, it's better than most of these other guys that we're discussing. Yeah. And they were without Dylan Brooks, 
Zaire Williams and Jerry yeah. Jackson. So even yeah. uh, uh, even Aldemar, I, I wonder like what's his role. And, and speaking of him, so I and I, I always talk about it, but at the 2000, I think it was 19 under 18 tournament, I went to that tournament in Greece. And I actually, at Summer League, sat next to Sam Presti. And we talked about that particular tournament. And just from that tournament alone, you have Pokashevsky, Franz Wagner, Garuba, Shingun, and now Aldema, Aldema, who are from that tournament. And then Ishmael Kamagate also played in that tournament. So that was one of the better, you know, just youth tournaments in, in recent memory because there was, I mean, at least five or six guys, and there's a few more guys that I think could eventually see their way to the NBA. Um, last player that I want to talk about, and let me know if you think that he has a chance to crack the rotation, A.J. Griffin. I know Atlanta has a lot of wings, and uh, but shooting is, is always a, you know, a very, very valued skill set on the playoff team. Do you think he has a chance to to see some minutes? Or do you think this is a situation where Atlanta says, you know what, this is going to be your red shirt year? Yeah. Just get all the way healthy, and uh, we don't really need you this year. I think it's going to be a little bit of the red shirt year. What's funny is it's kind of similar to the Memphis situation where I don't know if those rookies are going to play much, but watch out for Aldama this year. I think it could be similar for Jalen Johnson this year who – Looked decent in the minutes he played, but he's going to be playing in the rotation. Uh, he had kind of that uh, redshirt freshman year last year playing in the G League and put up really good numbers. So he's a guy, Jalen Johnson, that I'm more so excited to see. But I just think that I think the Hawks are going to take a similar approach, especially coming back from injury. They're going to take it easy with him. His shot looked good, like he looked good physically in the preseason. And I think he'll get run at certain points throughout the regular season, but in the playoffs, I would say no. But um, but yeah, similar to the Grizzlies, watch out for Jalen Johnson as a guy that kind of gets on people's radar this year. All right. Well, that is Sam Ferris giving his impact rookies or rookies that can make an impact on a playoff team. Once again, thank you, the listener, for making Locked On your first listen of the day. Now check out the Locked On NBA podcast because the NBA season is here and our local NBA experts and insiders have you covered on and off the court. There's been a lot of NBA news off the court. Hopefully it's more so on the court for the remainder of the season. For all of the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday and they deliver to you in 30 minutes or less. It is available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast. That is Locked On NBA. I'm Rafael Barlow with Sam Ferris. We just talked about Sam's top impact or impactful rookies on the playoff team. Stay tuned. We have more shows this week, and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>